Fuckers, welcome to Show Notes, where we split this off from our usual episodes because it was getting unwieldy, but it also gives 99 and I a chance to sort of like slow down, take a breath and reflect on the episode in addition to, you know, listening to all the feedback that we get from our incredible unfucking universe. So the episode that dropped over the weekend was obviously all about Ukraine and then mixing in oil prices, which is something that has just become completely abusive. So hopefully you enjoyed that and hopefully the feedback is rolling in on that. There was a piece that was on the cutting room floor that I wanted to bring into show notes before we dig into all of the listener feedback. And it's also something that might become customary because I think almost every piece that I put together has another like full page of notes that I that I usually feel just don't move the narrative forward and I wind up putting it to the side. And some of them actually become the uh, the basis for future whole episodes. But in this case, it's it's related and it's timely and it introduces a topic that we've promised to get into, and that is cryptocurrency. So according to the New York Times, it was leaked that the Biden administration issued an order, which was in development for months, by the way, to, quote, coordinate efforts among financial regulators to better understand the risks and opportunities presented by digital assets, particularly in the areas of consumer protection, national security, and illicit finance. The move, according to a fact sheet on the order released by the Biden administration, is a response to the, quote, explosive growth in digital assets. The growing number of countries exploring central bank digital currencies and a desire to maintain American technological leadership. It directs financial regulators to continue with work that began in earnest last year, including studying and reporting on the creation of a digital dollar, end quote. So that's from uh, the New York Times. So here's the problem with this, especially as it relates to the timing of the war in Ukraine. Yes, we should be studying crypto and understanding its role in the future of currency. We should understand how it supports illicit activities. We should model a future when the reserve currency of the world is something like or exactly Bitcoin and what that means for sovereign currency nations. Think back to our MMT episode, for example. All of it. But if you're one of the crypto advocates that was psyched that this announcement gave a momentary boost in otherwise flagging crypto values of late, look around for a moment and take stock of what's happening in Ukraine. I think that these things are related and the timing of it just becomes kind of weird. So because we have yet to tie the tourniquet around Russia's petro economy, our primary defense against Russian aggression has been to tie its currency and its real economy in knots instead. Right. So from seizing bank accounts and assets and preventing financial deals and international settlements, that's the whole idea of, uh, you know, closing down these swift accounts that allow for global settlements that have to process overnight and things like that. That's how that's how countries move money back and forth, essentially. So considering all these things, we are indeed choking the Russian economy. Forget the direct consequences felt by the Russian people and whether or not this will be an effective ploy against a monster like Putin. Just extrapolate the concept of a universal cryptocurrency as the reserve dollar, disaggregated from central banks, secure and impenetrable. Not only would the U.S. be giving up its ability to maintain a sovereign currency, which allows us to run massive deficits without impacting inflation, but we would give up the mantle of the world's reserve currency. Crypto would remove our ability to make sanctions matter. Crypto would even the playing field. Crypto would bring about a financial and economic revolution, the likes of which hasn't been proposed since 1944. So my thought on crypto at this amazing moment, when this document and memorandum was leaked out of the Biden administration, is that when you pair that against us losing the ability to manipulate economies through sanctions, embargoes, and tightening the tourniquet around all financial settlements and activities, I don't see a path for crypto as a global currency. I just don't think that we're ever going to let that happen. And so those were my thoughts on crypto, 99, with respect to what's unfolding in Ukraine right now. Imagine us not having the ability 
to do all of the things that we're doing right now to cripple the Russian economy and force them into a corner. I, I just, I don't see us ceding that type of financial authority in the world. It's what we have outside of military might. I mean, that is the one thing that we have. We control the financial markets. Dig? We control the financial markets, but we're in debt. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And so this was the, the, the basis of getting into crypto as it related to MMT. That's why I keep always pairing those two things together, because that's what doesn't square in my mind about pursuing crypto as a currency. I can see it as a global currency or a global pathway to exchange goods and services, much in the way that you might be able to do in PayPal or a number of the other new banking apps out there that allow people to exchange money back and forth in between countries without, you know, these exorbitant fees or like, you know, the, the old Western Union style of like sending money to people. I get all of that. But in terms of reserve currencies, I just don't get how this would play out if we were to use this as nationalized money. It just doesn't make sense. So think about that on fuckers as we go forward and examine crypto later in the year in our uh, crypto only episode with respect to MMT. And now, 99, we didn't engage over the weekend because of the change in uh, the show format. Of course, the magic of podcasting is that we're actually sitting here together for the first time and uh, recording this at the same time that we recorded the episode. But it's my chance to tell you in person, thank you so much for having my back while I was away. I love you and I appreciate you. And thank you, Manny, for the outstanding work and covering my back as well. And it is good to be back. It's good to have you back. I missed you. I missed you too. A lot of shit happened. Yeah. Uh, unfuckers were not quiet. No, they kept on rolling in. Sure did. So I think first it's incumbent upon me to acknowledge that I did abandon you for a couple of weeks, and yet you continued to pour support in, which to me is just magical. I'm really stunned by it. I thought that things would go quiet for a little bit, and when I kind of peeked my head back in, I was like, holy, holy shit, I'm behind. There is a lot going on. So let's just dig right into it and get to uh, some of the coffee donations and, and read what some people had to say here. So we have new members, beginning with Mike M., who is now a member says he's been listening fairly regularly for well over a year now, and the coffee is outstanding. Mike, thank you so much for coming into the fold and tasting our delicious coffee. We appreciate you. Vicky K is now a member and said, I would love to eloquently, cleverly, and succinctly tell you all the reasons I love this podcast. I found, however, that your listeners' intelligent, thoughtful, and well-written praise conveys my thoughts much better than I ever could. Yeah, that's one of the hallmarks of uh, the unfucking community. We have the smartest listeners on the planet. That's true. You're all here. Mm -hmm. Sultan. Sultan. Oh my gosh, that sounds so imposing. Sultan is now a member. Great fucking podcast. Thank you very much for the information. Doesn't that sound like it just came down from on high? Yeah. Sultan has delivered a message to you. He's the Sultan. That's what you're saying now. <laughs> Uh, Dave D is now a member. Hey, Max, 99 and Manny, put me down for two tickets to UNFTR Live at McFleshman's Brewing All Company. Right. I live 10 minutes away. Whoa. And Dave D bought our beer in the tap room. Mm. That's amazing. Are you serious? Yeah. He says he lives 10 minutes away and the stouts are chilling in his fridge right now. Oh, that's so cool. All right. Dave D from Out of Gamey. Dig it. Steve the Christian Progressive is now a member. First learned about your show from David Pakman. Listen to every episode. You and 99 do an amazing job of unpacking the topics you explore. You're the second show after Pakman that is so good, I have to financially support it. I love that you support David. I'm a big fan of David. I think he's been doing really, really great work through the pandemic. And one of the things I want to connect with David on at some point is to, uh, we share a lot of the similar values and insights uh, in terms of economics. So I'd love to be able to, you know, bring him on the show and just have it out in a conversation one day. Thanks for joining Steve the Christian Progressive. Nathan H. is now a member as well. Nathan, thanks for coming into the poll. Handsome Sam is now a member. Not sure if you have an okie fucker yet, but there's at least one. A friend recommended your show months ago, and I filled my commute hours across this flat-ass state with the library of UNFTR. Thanks, Handsome Sam. Continuing on the path of really great names, on top of Steve the Christian Progressive and Sultan, we have... Mean Mountain Martin, who's now a member. Been hooked since episode one and recommended you many times. So we have a serial lifetime unfucker here 
in the mean mountain martin. Thanks for coming in. At W. Jeremy D. is now a member. You're doing important work that I'm happy to support. Still only got me about 90% of the time, which honestly is just about right. P.S. I spent New Year's Eve 2011 between the stage and audience at Fish's MSG show. The fans and crew were super pleasant. The band was there too. <laughs> well, fine, W. Jeremy D. I was not at that show. No? But... You've done New Year's Eve with Fish, right? Yeah, a couple times. I'm trying to think. Was 2011, I... you were four. Yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. At Jeff York is now a member. Awesome team, fabulous content, well-researched, well-referenced, and have highly recommended to family and friends. Kudos to Manny99 and Max for bringing some needed light. So then Eric Wagner 101 is now a member. I have been a UNFTR listener since hearing about it on Best of the Left a year or so ago, and now I never miss. I have to agree with Max, though. Fish is boring, and I am from Vermont, and saw them live at a UVM dorm in the 80s. I have a friend who, who went to UVM, never came back from Vermont, and owns the wildest weed farm up in Vermont. I mean, he's, he's crazy. Yeah, I just think that Eric Wagner wasn't at the right parties. Like, come on. Also, you saw Fish in the 80s. There were a bunch of kids. You can't. That's not fair. Is it? That's, like that's like seeing the Beatles at like a weird club singing like I want to hold your hand only ever and then being like I don't like the Beatles <laughs> okay come on yeah no yeah fish fish is awesome I didn't know we were going to alternate these and I didn't intentionally stagger the fish ones it's just happened like this mm-hmm. Bill is now a member as a recently retired person I'm enjoying all I learned from your podcast alright and then Nick Goodyear Cassie Lamakia Meeks and the Worry Clan are now members so they said, you don't even need to go to summer school this year. Just listen to the UNFTR double album. That's a Wu-Tang reference for the uninitiated. Seriously, if there was a god, you've all been doing her work. Keep up the good fight. I like that. Ricky is now a member. So happy y'all are growing and proud to be a monthly supporting unfucker and plant fucker. I'd love if you could touch on Venezuela, how they've become the socialist boogeyman, and how we've contributed to the problems they have. Ricky reading my mind, Ricky. I mentioned, uh, I think pretty recently, that it's hard for us to, and by us I mean me, to kind of comment on a lot of foreign non-English speaking countries. Of course, here we go weighing into Ukraine and Russia today, but, you know, contextualized through a Western lens, of course. But Venezuela is a fascination of mine. Another fascination of mine is Libya. And I have very tentatively mapped out episodes on both of them because in terms of pure Western imperialism, I think that those two nations share a lot in common. I don't, I don't maybe, well, maybe they'll make the same episode. I don't know. But because we did Cuba and Cuba was so, during the Castro years, was so closely aligned with Chavez in Venezuela, I think that it's a natural extension point for us. And it's just so fucking interesting to me that we're talking to the Maduro administration about potentially partnering on oil. I mean, we we shift allegiances and blow with the wind so preposterously in this country and create new boogeymen, like in an instant, it's dizzying. So I love that suggestion, Ricky, and thanks for coming on as a member. Following on the heels of Ricky, Rob Nasby is also a member. No comment here, but Rob Nasby, thank you for coming aboard. And then Christy Meister is now a member. Absolutely loving it and have spent a good deal of time playing catch up on episodes. I greatly appreciate what you do. Christy Meister, welcome aboard. Carrie M is now a member. Happy to fucking be here. Well, we're happy to have you, Carrie. And then my friend at Ahsoka is now a member. I've been listening to the podcast for a bit now and I've been struggling to decide what tier I should purchase. I've loved this podcast for a while. I've been recommending it to everyone I can, so it's time for me to give the love back. Yeah, Soki's been with us for a long time. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, someone is now a member. That someone said, big love. And Teresa B. is also a member, saying, enlightening, entertaining, and energizing. Thank you for the alliteration, Teresa B. And then Nathan S., parentheses, Eckent, <laughs> is now a member, so Nathan's second. Uh, one, to Nathan S., I'll see your membership and raise to unfucking insane. <laughs> I fucking love this podcast. I've had coworkers listen, family listen, neighbors listen. Think behind Bookshop Kim. I'm your biggest fan. Keep up the good work. And Nathan sent a really nice long message with some episode suggestions and some other show love. So I'm going to throw those in the docket as we do with all of your suggestions. Yeah, I noticed that uh, one of them is uh, education. 
and a lot of education requests coming yeah, in. Like, lots. yeah. What we really need, I, uh, we can just cut to the chase, and I'll, I'll give you my concluding thoughts on education. Is we need somebody strong in charge of education in this country, somebody who's really in it for the children and sees the value of a public education, like oh, Betsy DeVos. I was, fuck you, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> you took my joke, even though you set the joke up to say it, <laughs> I was going to say it, because I thought you were being genuine. Uh, so <laughs> there's, uh, when we talk about education, for all the people who've written in about education, I am curious to understand what aspects of it. Again, I think I've said before, um, related to, love a lot of teachers in my life and wouldn't even begin to weigh in on how to build a proper curriculum. Not my lane. It's something that obviously it's important. I mean, it, the public education system in the United States was a crown jewel for decades and it has been dismantled. So we can talk about public school in this country. We can talk about higher education, talk about debt related to uh, student loans which is uh, very much in my lane and something that we can definitely unfuck with vigor. We can talk about critical race theory and what is not taught in schools. And we can talk about how schools are funded. So there's a bunch of different avenues that I have on my mind, but I'm curious to understand from the unfucking community, which of these, I mean, it could be, you know, all of the above, but if there's other avenues that I'm missing that you would like us to unfuck, please let us know. Lance C. is a member. Lance has listened to all of the old and current podcasts and waits for the new episodes like an addict. Glad you're addicted to this, Lance. And then Shiva re-became a member. I am back to this fantastic mm -hmm. learning experience. Why did I ever go to university? Yeah, I have a master's degree and I would give it back in a heartbeat to have started this podcast five years earlier. <laughs> But I would have been nine then, so. That's true, too. Yeah. That's true, too. But so cute on the yeah. microphone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, another remember is Celtic Apache. See, I made it back. Y'all are amazing. Max, hope everything is good with you. Take as long as you need. Thank you, Celtic Apache. Thank you for, uh, thank you for your thoughts and good wishes. And then Dan C. bought three coffees and became a member. Whoa. Entertainment and learning in a single package of reality. Love the connections the UNFTR team makes. Jen J., Bought us 10 coffees, said, seriously, you're the best. Thanks for all that you do. And the Ugandan also bought three coffees. Ugandan's been around for a little bit. Been meaning to buy you a coffee after every episode because you deserve so many cups of it. Well, Ugandan, we also need many, many cups. I can tell you that I did not get a lot of sleep trying to put this episode together that you heard over the weekend because writing is a muscle. And it's amazing how quickly the writing muscle atrophies. So I am anxious to get back into it and to try and cut the time. You know what I did do, though, 99? What? I had to give in to a corporate power to save myself some time. Grammarly. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> YouTube. Oh, okay. Yep. What's, what's wrong with YouTube? I gave him $119. Oh, my God, you did? I did it. Give me your login. No. Why? Then buy me my own login. You see all the crazy shit I look at there? Oh, my goodness. I had to go ad-free. I know. I'm I the one to. who has to pull the clips. Can we? I'm, yeah, I'm going uh, to buy you a membership. Thank you. You're, you're, you're very welcome. I'm absolutely <laughs> going to do that. I, I, I was doing the math in my head. <laughs> as the to time. How many ads? You don't want to see a Verbo ad anymore. I don't want to see Verbo. I don't want to see any insurance. True, true Panion, the the pet insurance one. That would be for you, not me. That one's really. They it's, know you. They're heavily targeting me and my roommate. What's weird is that I get some fucked up ads because of all the weird shit that I have. To I search. do. I have on my. So you know, I have like. There's one, if I'm logged in with my work email, it'll be like the work one. And I fucked up that algorithm real bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. But on my personal one, I have all of my ad preferences. Everything's off. I don't want them looking at me. I don't want them tracking me. So I get a bunch of like Republican shit. Oh, yeah. Because it's the shit that just filters in. So it'll be like anti-gay shit on my, and I'm like, this is on a fucking RuPaul's Drag Race video. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong audience. <laughs> like, so how did bad. you get here? I know. I, I And because I pull so many Fox clips, mm -hmm. like, it just, I get, like, solicitations from, you know. It's I, bad. I mean, everybody. It's awful. <laughs> awful. Where were we? <laughs> uh, more up to Nathan S., who bought three coffees and said to Nathan Second, thanks for not fully stealing my name. 
While I'm not ready to go the insane level yet, you did inspire me to buy Max another cup of coffee. P.S. I grew with Max, not a fish fan. I should really stop shitting on fish. May I offer this small gesture, this small olive branch to you? Sure. That they are extraordinary musicians. Thank you. And which is which is what I was going to say that to the the member before who said they went to the show in the 80s. It's okay to not like them, but don't say that they're not talented in their own right. It's like it's when people shit you. on Dave Matthews. I get it. People don't like Dave Matthews, whatever. They don't like his voice, you know, hits people the wrong way and all that. I became a convert when we saw them live down at the beach. Yeah. Holy shit. The musicianship of that band yeah, is they're amazing. off the fucking charts. I don't know his name. You probably do off the top of your head, but the, his drummer. I don't. I'm is, not. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, he must have five hands. It doesn't make any That's sense. That's like Fishman. The drummer of Fish is incredible. He's probably his one of- His name is Fishman. What's his last name? Really? With an F. I mean, that's his real name. That's why their name is Fish. It's like oh. a joke. Yeah. I'm over it. The thing that you don't like- That just made me The mad. thing that you wouldn't like is that he wears a dress. Why wouldn't I like that? Because it's just, shit. I feel like you would laugh. Like, not like, not that you don't like, like, oh, a man wearing a dress, but I just mean you'd be like, are you kidding me? Of course he wears a, it's a muumuu. And it's like a tank top What's moo-moo. worse, that or Iggy Pop needs to put a shirt on? Like, I mean, who cares yeah, his, what they yeah. dress, right? Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Another <laughs> Have one. Have you seen the Iggy Pop shirt? No. Is it like, it's makes his, it look like his old yeah. gross body? Yes. It's great. I need that t-shirt. <laughs> or I could just walk around with no shirt. Gonna, I was going to say it, but it's too mean. <laughs> my dad bought alone. Uh, okay. So Reciprocal Hokey bought five copies. Copies. He bought five copies. Of coffee? I, I don't know what of. Um, I have a random brain dropping. Do you think the conservative mind to maximize COVID misery in America is a conscious plan to lead Americans back towards the comfort of religion and hence grow conservatism. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's no better example of that than twisting the minds of this aimless convoy of truckers. And the thing I love the most about them is like they're still, as of this recording at least, they're, you know, trying to get to D.C. and they're, you know, coming all the way from Ottawa and they're just like losing people along (laughs) the way. But by the time they get here, like all the mask mandates are done. Yeah. It's it's fucking over. It's like the Oregon Trail, essentially. They're, you know, you you died of dysentery. (laughs) They're just falling off along the way, being like, "Mm, I got to take a leak. I'm going to get off and go home. I'll be back. Really, I promise. (laughs) Save my spot. So, yeah, no, I think that that is... uh, Oh, there's no question they have maximized COVID misery in order to, uh, you know what? Oh, so the Naomi Klein article from The Intercept that we shared in show notes from the last piece talks about exactly this reciprocal hokey and everybody else. So I love her writing. I love her mind, just the way she thinks. She has great perspective on what's unfolding in Canada because she is Canadian, but she sees you know, all the bullshit that we cook up in the United States as well. She, to me, like Hedges, is just one of those people that is, I think, will look back through history and be able to, like, look at their writings in the moment that they were published as really objective analyses of what is happening on the ground, the mindset of the country. And what she did in that article is she kind of wove together this idea of toxic masculinity that pervades nations like Russia and the United States and even Canada to a degree, what the conservative media has been able to do to manipulate COVID and create strange bedfellows among people that might not have been politically active but were aligned somewhat conservatively to this weird, again, toxic, masculine, conservative narrative that has taken root on the right and brought in so many people into their fold, conflating things that have nothing to do with one another, like mask mandates, for example. Anyway, uh, so check that article out, Reciprocal Hokey, because I really think that you'll enjoy it. And then another good friend is Maria from Puerto Rico, who purchased another five coffees. I am in coffee heaven. Finally, whole bean coffee and medium roast arrived. Oh, I'm so glad you got it, Maria. And obviously, we always love hearing from you. And we hope that all is well in your world. And that's it for uh, the donations and the members. Why don't we head on over to uh, the social media platforms? (laughs) Sure. On Facebook, just a bunch of unfuckers shared their book recommendations. And I'll be throwing those up on the Unfucker book recommendation list. Uh, I heard you talk about that last week, that that list is growing. I like that. Yeah. I just wanted to separate the episode resources. That way it was kind of easier to track, like, what we're actually sourcing and then what the hive mind is reading. So, Do we have any book clubs? 
Has anybody started a UNFTR book club? What's going on out there? <laughs> we have a, we've had a lot of suggestions of people who, you know, ways to get involved, different organizations, some call outs to like, hey, I'm in this place if anyone else is around. And we tried to read those on the bonus show notes with me and Manny, but I have to think about it further still. All right. Or just we need to get we need to put our heads together and make a decision is more more or less. Okay. Yeah. I did notice that uh, it seemed like we the Facebook audience grew a little bit. I mean, again, it's a little our social platforms are anemic because we're anonymous, so that uh, that's something that really prevents us from, you know, taking root, but it seemed like it grew a lot. I think it was um on fucker Jen S, <laughs> oh, who yeah. is the uh She's the self, the self-appointed, but also blessed by us community manager at this point. It seems like oh, that's so who cool. invited her entire Facebook friends list. She posted about it. Wow! And I think she got we got like two hundred followers, and uh, wow. that's two hundred new people who are going to see our posts. So thank you to Jen S. And if there is other people who are doing it too, why the fuck not? You know, <laughs> that's really really cool. Yeah, to yeah. put yourself out there like that, Jen. Wow, thank yeah. you. Uh, so what's going on on uh, the Twitters? So Nips the Engineer, <laughs> been listening since episode four. Uh, just you <laughs> <he> said Nips. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. <laughs> been listening since episode four. Just bought a sampler pack of coffee and it's amazing. And then <laughs> you're laughing at his handle. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Redact underscore Ted. So redacted. On your list of villains, Milton Friedman, Reagan, Ayn Rand, et al. I don't think I've ever heard you mention Grover Norquist. Ooh. I feel like he's been pretty influential yes. in a horrible way. Yes, yes. I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, so Grover Norquist. Is he from Sesame Street? <laughs> hey, sign this pledge. <laughs> Grover Norquist was a kind of a, a Reagan acolyte and uh, was kicking around that administration. And he is the one that created the tax pledge that every Republican to this day has to sign or you will be primaried. So the tax pledge is no new taxes. And he's gone on to do a couple of other things, but Grover Norquist is a very shallow, shallow human being, but he became the RNC pitch man. And you have to sign this pledge if you are, you know, your job, your whole existence, if you're in Congress, is no new taxes, period. And he's taken it down to the state level as well. You know, so when we talk about damage by design, Grover Norquist is right up there with one of the chief architects. Even though, again, if you listen to him, he's a fucking moron. He's a shallow, shallow fuck nugget of a man who had a thing and then literally exploited it to make an entire career out of it. And fuck him. But yeah, we'll work him into something. I, I like that idea, Redacted. He has a good name, though. Grover Norquist. Yeah, it's kind of a good name. He sounds name. like he should be smart, right? Sort yeah. Of? Or so, like important. He sounds like he's from history. Or it, it sounds like it could be a cool indie band. <laughs> I don't see that. I see like, more I'm going as like to see a, Grover Norquist at Brooklyn Steel. You know, uh, Benjamin Franklin and James Madison sat down with Grover Norquist to, to you know, I well, cuz I think like uh, yeah, I guess timey thing. Yeah, I don't know. There's an indie band called Rip Momney. <laughs> <laughs> so, we could go do Nover Norquist. Like um, that guy. <laughs> well, I'm glad we have a new villain. So, Jim Presslar said UNFTR is my favorite pod. I started listening in spring of 21. This is the only podcast so thick with interesting content that I have to listen at 1x and each episode twice. Wow. Wow, that's very kind. Yeah. At Gypsy in America said, nobody shares economics and economic theory better than the good people at Unfucking the Republic. Best podcast on market with free transcripts on Substack. No paywalls. That's right. Free. Always going to be free. <laughs> we got to hook Gypsy in America up with Jen S because Gypsy in America is our Twitter evangelist. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And then Jen S is like our Facebook TikTok evangelist That's so great we've got we've got little um, ambassadors emerging mm. and on an unfucking ambassador we need more and but ass is capitalized ass. <laughs> um, ambassador <laughs> no okay i don't want them to be hurt by that what's wrong with having an ass it's like that ass though what if we call them great ambassadors great ass that's good i like it <laughs> unfucking great ambassadors <laughs> 
Okay, so the one man herd said Russia won't go quietly into 12th place. <laughs> oh, that's a deep reference. I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Lee Cody said love the show. So glad Max99 and Manny are working hard so we can all get smart about American politics. Ah, the get smart reference in there too. Oh, 99! I didn't even think about that. What do you think of Lakoti, 99? Uh, Would you believe? Sorry. <laughs> um, D. Hasilius mm-hmm. sent his love to you Thank saying you. thanks for keeping the inertia 99 and Manny. Best of luck to Max and whatever he's dealing with. And Knudsen and Obese Andy had sent their love on Twitter as well. That's very kind of of each of you. And I missed you. I really did. Uh, Will Watkins Fourth. I am William Wallace. Shared our MMT episode again. Said, sharing this again because it's so brilliant. If you care at all about the federal budget and want to know more about the MMT philosophy, this pod is for you. And then at MRide29 replied to that and shared their MMT-specific book collection that our episode inspired and recommended another podcast called Macro and Cheese. Macro and Cheese. Okay. Got to look that up. Cool. What's this? Joe Biden tweeted a video along with the text, Capitalism without competition is exploitation? And uh, unfucking listener at Cody Derbarbar replied with also capitalism that doesn't redistribute a significant portion of excess back through the system that supports it normally through government mechanisms is questionably even capitalism. Read Wealth of Nations and FMF. (laughs) Said, is that close at UNFTR pod? Yeah, baby. Goddamn right it is. That is not Adam Smith. There (laughs) you go. And one Ben England has been putting people in their place with regards to oil, inflation, etc., by sharing the words of the pod. Thank you for doing the Lord's work there, one Ben England. Okay, so that's two social platforms down. What's happening on TikTok? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What's happening on Instagram? We got a message from Tim V who said, I'm pretty sure you're aware of the tragedy that's been happening in the Ukraine, the tragedy that has been caused by the one and only sick dickhead, Vladimir fucking Putin. As a Russian, I've been feeling deep shame, sharp anger, and endless hopelessness these days. Can't do much, especially being so far away. The only thing I can do and I'm doing is talking to my friends who believe in this madness and trying to explain to them that it's all one big lie and we need to stop it immediately. The reason why I'm writing to you is I want to ask you to cover the story of this tragedy, but in your own unique and instructive way. I want to ask you to transform this into a lesson for all your listeners from all over the place by explaining this is what happens when a country loses all checks and balances, destroys judicial systems, and completely ignores the importance of line of succession of power. This can happen to any country who makes such mistakes and what should be done to avoid it. Love you all. Fuck Vladimir Putin. Hashtag FVP. I am more than happy to add that hashtag to our hashtag lexicon. So let's revisit what we did in Saturday's episode because the but what about chorus has been pretty loud and people knocking it down has been pretty loud. And my only fear in putting that episode together was that we would be considered part of the but what about chorus. And that's why a couple of times during the episode, I tried to make clear that he is a madman. He is now a mass murderer and he is a war criminal. We have lost some moral authority to be able to not just criticize, but to come to a diplomatic solution because we've been fucking up our relations with Russia since the end of the Cold War. But make no mistake, this is a small-minded, these days seemingly very, very paranoid little man who has designs to be a true Russian czar in a classic framework. I get annoyed, Tim V, by how we talk about Russia as communists because he is not a communist. And as a matter of fact, he despises Lenin. He despises communism. He despised the, I would say, the mechanisms of the Soviet state that reflected collectivism. But he liked the power grab and authority of the Soviet state and would like to reclaim a lot of that power glory, but do it with this czarist mentality. But he is a fucking psychopath. And at this moment, also the most dangerous man on the planet. For fucking sure. So I hope that the episode that we did did not frame him personally in any other context. See, the great tragedy of Putin from an economic perspective and from a governance legal perspective in Russia is that he fell victim to the same petrodollar type of regime that we saw Hugo Chavez fall victim to, that we see the sheikhs in Iran fall victim to, 
that we see the um, the Saudi royal family fall victim to, or in the oil episode when we covered Equatorial Guinea. These petro-states, as opposed to a state like the United States or Norway, that figured out productive ways to, to utilize the income that flowed from fossil fuels, again, ignoring all the bullshit that comes along with trading, they didn't reinvest any of it into their own economies, into their own people, into their own infrastructure, whether that is a social, legal, economic, or just human infrastructure. And essentially, it just led to the pillaging of the Russian economy so that it is no better off than it was coming out of the Cold War. I mean, truly on the ground. What you see is enormous disparity in wealth. What you see is tremendous inequality among its people. And by not establishing those mechanisms and the infrastructure of economic power, it prevents itself from being a true player on the world stage when it comes to economic prowess. So yeah, it maintains the military might that it once had because it has a, a severe arsenal, but it doesn't even have the planning. I mean, you see that a lot of what's happening in Ukraine is that they've been able to make inroads on the outermost territories, but they don't even really know how to effectively litigate a campaign were this a like a true conventional war, because first of all, they're out of practice, but they don't really communicate that well. The government there is a sham government propped up by oil prices, which always made me wonder why the fuck we allowed it to happen that, again, oil and gas in our country is 4% of our GDP. Think about that for a second. We're the largest producer of oil and gas in the, in, in the world, and it's still only 4% of our GDP. But in Russia, it's 50%. And that's why their economy, even if you put it together with Ukraine, doesn't even fall into the top 10 of global economies. The economy of Russia is still smaller than Italy. So uh, this tremendous landmass with all of the power coming out of the Cold War to be able to partner up with the with the Western world, and they blew it because he's a fucking psychopath and he's always been a psychopath. It's well known and well documented that he, on an individual level with his ties in the KGB before that, was an effective assassin and murderer. He was a plotter of murder. And he is now the, the head of the government. Why would he change his stripes? But now he has the ability to be a mass murderer. And we have provoked and stoked the flames of his insanity through bad policy and not understanding what was possible coming out of the Cold War, which is why Kennan's words today are still so relevant. So back to your point here, Tim. Yes, madman, psychopath, the most dangerous man on the planet. But if we're going to come out of this thing, we need to do a lot of quick research and a lot of historical analysis to figure out how did it even get to this point where this man could rule over Russia with such an iron fist and with just absolute fear, enriching the friends that are around him in the oligarch class and then eliminating any of those in the oligarch class that didn't agree with him. I mean, it's terrifying and frightening. But he's a fucking rounding error when it comes to an economic power. And we can't figure out a way around this fucking guy because he's holding on to nuclear weapons and is just crazy enough to maybe use them, which would be the end of the planet. I mean, it would be the end of all of us. It would render all of the rest of this just, just nonsense. So I hope we did that episode justice in your mind, Tim, and that the information in the way that I conveyed it didn't categorize us in the but what abouts and hashtag FVP. Agreed. So on to emails. And before we before we dive in deep, I wanted to say that we've gotten tons of emails over the last, I'm going to say month. If anyone sent an email in that had resources or links or articles for Max to check out, I haven't quite pulled those because I wanted to give him some time to, you know, catch up. And those obviously take a little bit more preparation. So we saw them. We're really appreciative. We're gonna we're gonna dig through them as we always do. But right now we're just gonna handle kind of the the questions that we can answer off the cuff rather than digging into those resources. Fair enough. Yeah. So our first one is from Bobby McDee. He has a great suggestion here. I love this. He has an idea, didn't include it until he heard how we reacted to the writing collective suggestion. And he's looking for some unfuckers to reach out directly to him. And the idea is to produce a collection of writing and art by unfuckers. Essays, stories, poems, rambling, sketches, drawings, whatever. I'm sure someone who listens to the show is in publishing and we could sell it and all profits could go to progressive causes. 
I know this is Max's show and I don't want to step on any toes. You can never step on her toes, Bobby McD. There must be some way to do this. Anyone can write if they do it from the heart and I would be happy to collate, edit, anything. That's a great offer from Bobby McDee. Once again, this is one of those things that we'll put out into the ether and try to encourage people to get in touch with him. If anybody wants to build on these ideas, that would be great. And I'm still looking for our first book club. <laughs> Very sore subject for you that there's no book club yet. I know. <laughs> Takes people time to organize. I we know. can't even, it's been a year and a half. We can't even get our shit together. That's true, too. <laughs> So Colby, not Cody, I think I called him Cody oh, last week, yeah. and he says it happens all the time, which mm-hmm. I get because my real name sounds like another name, and people call me that all the time, and I just answer to it. So I understand <laughs> Cod- Col- I understand <laughs> Colby's plight. Colby wrote in, and we misunderstood what he was saying, so he said, Hi, Max and 99. So, so let me get this straight. Not only did we miss the point of his... Uh, of- <laughs> His or her. Yeah. Maybe. Hey, Colby, maybe someone else wrote in and you just thought it was you. Maybe. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, we missed the point and we got their name wrong. (laughs) Colby said, hi, Max in 99. When you read my last email on show notes, I think you missed my premise, but ended up agreeing with it anyways. The last thing we need is a third party. What we do need is progressives to engage with and support more moderate candidates in districts that are purple or could be purple. We also need to do that on the local level as well. We need to support the D. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're on the same page there. Absolutely. Do you support the D? I do. Uh, you love I su- the D? I love the tenacious D. Mm, is that I, what it is? Will, I'm not going there. Okay. I'm not, I'm not biting. I thought I got you. Nope. <laughs> I thought my, my young jargon went over your head. Nope. <laughs> uh, Rafe Raff. Appreciative of the uh, crude oil episode, especially um, considering that uh, all the fuckery happening with oil prices. Good idea on splitting the show notes. Good. I actually love show notes, but I understand people might want to skip over them. Uh, having them as separate episodes is great. So uh, good. Glad you dig that, Rafe Raff. Sam E. sent a bunch of amazing episode ideas that we're going to add to our docket, but also said apologies in advance for the basic white guy word vomit, though something tells me you're used to it. <laughs> you would be correct there. Skylar P. Rodin said, hi, Max, 99, and Manny. I hope you're all well. I'm slowly making my way through your show in order of which title catches my attention. I have a few questions for you. One, why did 99 choose the pseudonym? Is it because of the Occupy movement or the year she was born or something else? Uh, no, it is a Get Smart reference because I am Max. I know. I just, I'm sorry. You think I was born in 1999? Do I sound that young? I'd be 22, I think. Math. Do I sound like I'm 22? I don't know how you sound. I, I, I because, because I'm so used to your sound. I wonder how old people think you are. Huh. I'm no, 45. Not, anyway, yeah. Not born in 99. And uh, that wasn't about the 99 from Occupy, the 99%. 99 was inspired by Get Smart because she is the brains of the outfit to the otherwise bumbling Max. And there you go. Mm. Skylar P. also had a, a few other questions about corporate taxation and corporate greed and some policies. So I'll throw that to you. Well, I like Skylar's question on corporate taxation. We've hit on it a couple times as a theme, but we we did an episode talking about corporate taxation. So anyway, Skyler's premise here is when companies lose money, my understanding is the first places they cut to compensate is by skimping on labor and by raising prices. God forbid they reduce executive pays and perks. Please tell me why I'm wrong. So no, you're not wrong necessarily. The issue here is more to do with the incentives that we provide in our economic system, more to do with the loopholes that are taken advantage of and the mechanisms of enriching the executive class within the corporation. So I actually don't want to go too far into this because I will wind up speaking for about an hour and a half. But the bottom line is, my contention is that the far left's war on billionaires is misguided because we have a sympathetic strain in our society for extraordinarily wealthy individuals. We tend to lionize them because I think that there's a feeling in our lottery system that someday you might become one of those people. And so we we tend to lionize the Elon Musks of the world and the Bill Gates of the world and Steve Jobs. We make movies about these people who gain fabulous, fabulous wealth. Instead of warring against that small but you know very important class of people 
the better idea is to wage a war on the faceless corporations that have manipulated the system to provide the mechanism for that type of wealth accumulation. So it's just about flipping the script a little bit. And corporate taxation is really interesting because, again, it, yes, it does chip into profits, but it chips into profits. It doesn't chip into overhead. It doesn't chip into expenses. And there is no rule written anywhere, certainly going back to Adam Smith, within the tenets of capitalism that the corporations and the corporate class exists to maximize profits and that that number, that figure, that percentage of your revenue should always, always be growing. That is a myth that was established and propagated by none other than Milton Friedman, who said that corporations exist only to maximize profit. That is untrue. That is a falsehood that has now worked its way into the public consciousness, and we believe it to be true when it is exactly the opposite. Corporations exist to create a good and service, to provide employment, to provide some type of other ancillary benefits that support the working class. Corporations exist to perform functions within society that are better served through private interests and a competitive landscape but not meant to extract a toll from the public. Remember, if we go back all the way to the beginning, to the wealth of nations, Adam Smith believed that corporate taxes should be enough to support the affairs of a government to the extent that it could help close the gaps in society and fill in the cracks to prevent people from falling through them. He also believed that those taxes should go to support artisans, scientists, educators, and anybody else that performed a public social good. So when you think about that in that context, that's a huge funding source in theory for all of the things that surround the government, that surround the economic system and make a culture special. So we should be giving money to artists. We should be preventing people from going hungry. We should be educating children. We should be taking care of our seniors and providing them dignity at the end of their lives and as they grow older and into retirement age. These were the tenets of capitalism. Milton Friedman is the one that fucked all of that up by suggesting that corporate profits were the only rationale for the existence of corporations. So Skyler actually wrote in a couple more brilliant questions. I'm going to leave those out for now. Some of them are related to an episode, the episode that we just did, and some of them are related to themes that we've touched on before, but we'll touch on again in the future, so hopefully we'll get to them. Anyway, I thank you for your really well-founded questions, Skylar. And Kit C., who came to us from Best of the Left, said that Chapter 2 of Corporate America pissed me off. I am a very fortunate victim of a great deal of white privilege, i.e. I got a substantial inheritance when my mother passed, purchased a small motel and an eight-acre adjoining parcel. I'm trying to develop, starting with a 15 to 20-unit apartment complex for worker housing, affordable housing for workers needed in the uber-expensive tourist areas that they have been priced out of. Kit goes on to talk about all of the issues with trying to get construction loans to build a solar-powered water harvesting, environmentally responsible or apartment complex, and all of the different things that go into building something from the ground up without being tethered to the corporate powers that be in the banking system. But then I also said, I would love to hear a deep dive on water rights in the western part of the United States. Okay, so I, I actually have bizarrely some firsthand knowledge of water rights in the eastern part of the United States, and I hadn't thought about, um, I've never had to think about the western part of the United States, apart from the fact that I know during the droughts that the vineyards in California, for example, were very, very well irrigated and protected while things were burning down all around them in the wildfires, <laughs> right? American Scandal, you know, my my other favorite yeah, yeah. podcast that I cheat on us with, they mm-hmm. did a series about how L.A., steals its water, stole its water. It was really, really interesting, you know, about the dam and the people who died and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then they did follow up and it was about the, we actually talked about it. And I think it must have aligned with when we did our climate change episode because about the rivers drying up. Mm -hmm. Remember we talked about Mm -hmm. that? They did kind of a follow up episode and talked to an expert about that. So that's uh, L.A. Steals Its Waters from October of this year. Wonderful. We'll have to use that as a source. I like it. Maria C. listened to the Mandy and 99 takeover and fucking loved it, as did I. 
Again, thank you for doing that. I think you guys did a wonderful job. Cole, a bottle fucker, by the way, and self-proclaimed basic white guy. Hey, Cole. I see you out there in our membership. You doing your your white guy head nod? Uh, Hey, hey, I'm wearing (laughs) cargo shorts and New Balance shoes. I'm not. Mm. Am I? No, I'm not. Um, (laughs) uh, Cole would like us to unfuck education. So there's another uh, education fucker that has weighed in. Atomic Dog weighed in with a pod love suggestion. Atomic Dog's other favorite podcast is called The Dig. Daniel Denver is a perceptive reader and an excellent interviewer. Okay, well, let's add that to the fold as well. And then Jonathan R. emailed in, said thanks for the unfucking good podcast, and thanks to Jay for turning me on to them. I'm working through the old ones. The progressivism one struck a chord, in part as an alumnus of Theodore Roosevelt Elementary School, now turned into condos. But I'd love to learn more about La Follette and others, as I expect TR adopted progressivism more than inventing it. Absolutely. And he also very much likes the idea of highlighting good, as he calls them, Congress critters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Jayapal, Khanna, and Presley are all good choices, though no one is perfect. I also know it's all too easy to fall into the habit of complaining, and there is so much fodder. To try to get out of it, I've started tweeting weekly people I call hashtag good electeds and encouraging others to do so. I'd be delighted if you took part. So I guess if you search that hashtag, you will see Jonathan R's tweets. And then Astro Vandalism sent in a long email about Unconnucker Doug and Justin T's waning influence and said Doug is right and Max is right. Mm-hmm. And, you know... He doesn't think Trudeau can be counted out yet. He's mm. smart, he um, but he doesn't think he'll win another election. But he does think it'll be a while before stom- Canadians can stomach another election. That said, we don't hero worship our leaders like the way America does. The liberals are in charge, not Trudeau. He just happens to be the party leader. See, that's really interesting, astrovandalism. Because I, I felt like something had changed with Trudeau and that there was more hero worship of young JT and maybe it's because I was seeing it through the American lens of the Trudeau-Obama bromance and felt like going into Trump that he he looked even more polished and beautiful in our eyes. We're like, oh, you know, the liberal class down in the States thought, wow, if only we could have a true. We had a Trudeau and Obama. And now we don't have a Trudeau. So I thought there was more hero worship around him. That's interesting that, um, and again, the sheen comes off everybody after a while, but... From my perspective, I genuinely didn't know anything about him other than people talked about that he was hot. And I mean that without irony. No, we don't all, cover them. Yeah, it was like, oh, Canadian, Canada, Canada has a hot leader. Yeah. And the same with like Macron. <laughs> Macron's hot and he married his teacher. Right. That's like all I knew about them. I feel, I don't know, I don't feel bad for Macron. I don't give a shit about Macron. But I, I, um, Macron. Macron. It's interesting in the Ukraine crisis how Macron was... Ukrisis. What? uh, The Ukrisis? Is that what we're calling it? I just called it that. Uh, Might be that's inappropriate. (laughs) Um, How Macron was positioned, or was positioning himself to be sort of the arbiter of uh, a deal between Russia and Ukraine, and how that fell flat. And um, I wonder how that actually played out in the French press, if they saw him as some sort of like Chamberlain-type figure who just couldn't get it done, or if they recognized that there was no negotiating to happen with the madman. Curious about that. If we have any Francophiles out there that follow the French press or how Macron would be viewed with respect to this crisis, uh, be curious to hear about it. They just need to release another season of Emily in Paris, and then people will talk about that instead. Yes, um, someone I know uh, who had COVID watched all of Emily in Paris and cannot stop talking to me about it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, very frustrating. Uh, Although, admittedly, I will drone on and on about Ozark, so I'm that that guy. I'm not going to lie. I watched Emily in Paris against my will. Mm -hmm. My sister held me hostage. I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah? I did. I've heard good things. I mean, I just, like, it's not, not my cup of tea. It's not good. Think. It's not good. It's not, like, Mad Men, but... Well, I told you, like, people looked at me, like, because we tried to watch a couple of episodes of Bridgerton, and I was like, I, I hate this. I no, hate that to me is... That looks like trash. I mean... very bad. Well, because it it's bad. supposed to be, like kitschy downtown abbey so it's like suppose downtown i said it it's i always downtown say it, I, I say it as a joke and now it's <laughs> real it's supposed to be silly downtown abbey <laughs> but anyway emily emily and perry uh jen jay a longtime listener medium term member first time writer love the show recommend it to everyone grateful for the work 
writing today because I heard you mention a possible tech monopoly focused episode in the future. I'm all for it. I think there are multiple subtopics for you to unravel. And uh, Jen Jay goes on to uh, give us a list of some really smart stuff, including books uh, Broadband by Claire Evans, a great read, and Kara Swisher's Sway interview with Francis Hagen, and, and, and anything by Kara Swisher. Yeah, I'm kind of down with that. I don't, I don't listen enough to Kara Swisher. I should probably get that done. And Jen ends with hashtag FMF, hashtag FMZ, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Did no. anyone watch Mark Zuckerberg Eats Toast? I hope so. <laughs> Did I you could, watch it? Yes, I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> Regular guy said, love the podcast and wanted to share a way I've used it to introduce others to it. I send them a bag of delicious UNFTR coffee and suggest they check out the pod. They get great coffee, native roasters get support, and UNFTR gets a new listener. Everyone wins. Much love to you all. Fuck Ronald Reagan, fuck Milton Friedman, and fuck Vladimir Putin. Glory to Ukraine. I like that. I like that too. Theoden H. Um, I'm not going to read this out. It's a very long and very, very lovely email to us going through different episodes that really resonated and just sent a bunch of really lovely words in, including how empathic we are in our approach, which kind of, you know, I know the name belies the empathic approach that we, that we take to the subjects, but I always appreciate it when somebody calls that out because we do try our best to, uh, to be humans, to be people about this and see all sides of an issue before we crush somebody's soul with a hashtag. But there's an admonition at the end that I do believe deserves to be read, and that is 99... Don't call Max's dog a doofus. Dogs are angels, even if they're doofy angels. Like Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life, still angels. I didn't say that she wasn't an angel. I would never say that. She is an angel. So I don't see... You besmirched her reputation by calling her a doofus, and people noticed. And she got an email today. (laughs) That's how smart she is, that people are emailing her. (laughs) That's a whole other thing. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry to your dog. Thank you. I hope to see her soon. On her behalf, I thank you. And that was that was it for emails. I mean, Theoden H, if I wanted to, does, you know, yell at me about liking Bob Dylan and Neil Young and fish, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But he says, don't smite him. Guess I won't. But should we head over to reviews? Sure. Okay. We had uh, we had two really nice reviews. Chris Say heard about this podcast from Jay at Best of the Left, and he did not disappoint. I'd give it 99 stars, the max, but perhaps that's too many. Ah, well done! I laughed harder at that than I'd care to admit. (laughs) Really well done. It was so simple, but so effective. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that was fucking brilliant. Nicely done. And the other reviews from C.Set, I heard about this podcast from another podcaster, and I was hooked ever since. Your humor, language, and style is both entertaining and informative. Uh, As a black woman, I appreciate your lessons on race, the racial wealth gap, and American history as a whole. You put context and meaning to contemporary issues by connecting the past to the present. Most of all, it's humorous, corny at times, yet engaging. I've been telling my friends to become UNFTRs. Thank you, C-Point said. On fires. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it for show notes this week. Yeah. I guess some light housekeeping updates Mm -hmm. that I have. We're in the very near stages of solidifying our shipping method for the beer. And we still have some unclaimed bottles anyone's interested in becoming an insane level member that's right and then i just want to thank everybody for their patience because you know when you order coffee that goes into the system and it just processes right away but for the members i process all the perks manually and it does take me some time and i know it's not as quick as when you order it through the website so i just wanted to thank everyone for their patience and know that your perks are going to be in the mail t-shirts for insane level members as well we're going to solidify a design really soon and have those out the door to you when they come in. So We're pretty good podcasters as far as warehousing personnel and shipping. Speak I think for yourself. I think I'm doing a great job. I think we're also great. Thank you. Yes. Just checking yeah. where that was going. Yeah. I'm running this business like a tight ship. You are. You truly are. <laughs> I mean, it's actually, it's it's kind of astounding and it's it's not something that, you know, I come up with these fucking ideas that it's like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And it's like, uh, and I just see 99 space. She's like, yeah. And, um, okay. And, and then she always goes and figures it out. And it's like when I write suggestions in the script for Manny and it could be really awesome if you, if you could do 
these 30 edits all for a six second thing because I find it funny. And he's like, yeah, no, I, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> so it all, it all is seen. Nothing goes unnoticed. It's all for you. And it's all for our, it's all for, it's all for you. And it's, it's all for good. our unfuckers. Yeah. Um, unfuckers. Subfuckers. Unconnuckers. Eurofuckers. Down under fuckers. Plant fuckers. Thank you. Not uncluckers. That's right. <laughs> Not Bottle cluckers. Fuckers. Not cluckers are people who eat meat. Right. <laughs> Bottle fuckers. Pitch fuckers. Pack fuckers. Swash fuckers. And all the state level fuckers. You know, we had our oaky fucker. Oaky fucker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Flucker. Someone in Florida. <laughs> oh, you know what? Just. Just call them fuckers. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. You'll know who we're talking about. <laughs> but um, I think that's. I think we got them all. I think so. Down under fuckers. Did we say sub fuckers? I, said, I think I said sub fuckers. I don't know. We'll have to write these down. I think so. Okay. Thank you again to everybody for uh, tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Bye.